is the Meeting of Minds podcast with me, Philippa Robinson. In this episode of the Meeting of Minds podcast, I'm in conversation with Clea. Now, we did have a few issues with the sound today, and I'm sorry, such as the joys of recording on Zoom. I met Clea earlier this year and was so pleased she agreed to come on the podcast. Our conversation blew me away and there is so much for us all to learn in this episode. I was pretty emotional at times, as you'll hear. Among other things, Clea tells us about her giving up her dream of performing as a singer-songwriter and how she has found a new career to pursue her passion for music. She also tells us about her recent autism diagnosis. She is interesting, open and warm, and I know you're going to love this conversation. Now, over to Clea. So Clea, hi, good morning. Hi. Hi, how are you today? Good, I hope. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Good. First day of the Christmas holidays, so... Great, because we're, we're recording this on the Monday before Christmas on uh, Christmas Day on, on Friday. And um, yeah, you're off this week, aren't you? So here you are relaxing, but recording with me, but we can have a nice conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So we're here to talk about your 20s and you've got a lot of years to talk about. Sorry, <laughs> that makes you sound really old. Uh, but you're one of the older ones in the, that I'm talking to because you're you're 29. So you're at the end of your 20s. So you've got um, all those, 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 those years to look back on. So I'd really love it if you could sort of um, give us a little idea of what your 20s have been like for you, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I'm 29, so I'm turning 30 in April, so not long to go. Um, and yeah, I found this really interesting to think about because I am coming to the end of my 20s and it feels like quite a big thing to be turning 30. Um, my 20s were definitely better than my teens. I really struggled as a teenager I had like a lot of mental health problems and yeah, I found it really difficult um, those those years. So 20s were definitely an improvement on that. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I loved going to uni um, and obviously I finished that at the beginning of my 20s. Um, and then I think I found those years kind of after uni, like quite difficult, I think. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't really have a lot of like the life skills that I feel like, you know, to live independently that, you know, that was quite difficult. Um, I kind of, I had these jobs that were like quite low paid and I wasn't really using like the skills that I'd learned at uni. So it was a bit disheartening in a way um, at times, I think to, to keep going with work. Um, and then when I was 25, I started my master's um, in music therapy. So I trained to become a music therapist and that was a, a three year training. So that took up like quite a bit of that uh, middle 20s bit of my life. Yeah, that's a long master's um, course, actually, isn't it? Was that part time? Yeah, part time. Ah. Um, so, yeah, so I was working alongside that as well. Um, and then when I yeah it was it was a lot a lot to do um and I think with with part-time like when things are part-time they're never really part-time like you end up doing way more than full-time um when you have multiple part-time things going on so yeah it was it was a lot but um I really enjoyed that and then when I graduated from that I got my full-time music therapy job which I was really pleased about um because you know with with therapy jobs like it's not you know it's not that easy to come by sort of like full-time work yeah. um you know I and I'm on a I have like a full full-time permanent contract so it's really nice I can kind of do the work without having to worry too much about looking for work all the time um and like networking and all that stuff because I'm not very yeah. I'm not very confident with that um so yeah so I think the end of my 20s has definitely been a lot better than the start 
Um, and I've learned so much this last, you know, nine, 10 years. Um, and, and yeah, I think it's like when, I guess I've always, I've always kind of, um, I don't know, I've always worried a bit or like I've always been quite scared about growing up. <laughs> and um, from the age of eight, I, my mum told me about the 27 Club, which is, you know, all these oh, famous musicians that died. Yeah. And so my whole life from the age of eight, I thought I was going to die when I was 27. Oh. Um, oh. I just got it into my head. I got really fixated on it. So I kind of never really thought that like I would have the end of my 20s. Like it was never really a fixed idea. Oh, and obviously when, like, <laughs> when you're a child, it seems so far away that it doesn't yeah. you know, bother me. <laughs> Um, but then when I got to like 26, I was like, oh, what if I don't die? Like, I'm going to have to figure out how to do the rest of my life. Um, do, do you think that you were, were you living your life during your 20s up until that stage thinking that it, there was a, a real likelihood you wouldn't get past 27? Yeah, kind of. Like, wow. yeah, I mean, I never, I could never see it. I could never kind of like see past 27 yeah because you really have this sort of um I suppose block for want of a pop you know, better word or a wall maybe yeah. that actually 27 this that, that you couldn't see what was past it yeah definitely so I didn't I didn't it wasn't that I sort of didn't do anything because I thought I was going to die and it was pointless yeah I still I think I still lived my life you know fully in in whatever sense yeah. but but I, there was definitely this thing of, you know, oh, well, I'm just going to die, so it's fine. Like, I don't know, yeah. So um, that was, uh, when I turned 28, that was quite a pivotal thing. <laughs> I and can I imagine. Feel, yeah, and I feel actually the year of 27 was, um, I, I, you know, changed a lot during that year, I think. And really that set me up for where I am now. And I think when I so partly it was partly because of the 27 club thing but also just generally I just I was what I was really worried about getting older and I I felt like I would never really have like the skills that I would need to be like a proper adult mm -hmm. um actually when I was around sort of 26 27 28 I really developed a lot of those skills and I don't feel that now like I I feel like I can look into my 30s and think like I I am capable of 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 that of of living at that age yeah um of course yeah. you are you've got this now but <laughs> you haven't always felt like that yeah and I think there is I I um I did I did see like a quote a long time ago that kind of stuck with me and it was to do with um something like don't try to solve tomorrow's problems with today's skills or like today's not knowledge okay and I think um yeah it's something about you know when you look into the future and you think well I'm never going to be able to I don't know like do something yeah. you know in the future and it's because you're not ready for it now but you will be by the time it comes yeah so and whenever it comes it will come when you're ready for it so you will mm. be ready but I, I, I think that is absolutely Absolutely right. And I, I've said loads of times on things I've spoken about on this podcast and other things that I'm a bit of a late starter, I think. Um, um, I totally agree with you, but it's only when you get there that you think, ah, oh, it's okay, I'm ready for this now. Um, and I think you're, what you're yeah. saying is that that's your experience. You've got here, you're post-27, thank goodness. And, you know, you <laughs> you are looking at your 30s and thinking, actually, it's okay, I, I, I've got this now yeah yeah i um yeah I, I think you're right i think that quote or, or the meaning behind that quote if we can't remember what the exact quote is is that absolutely right because you can spend a lot of time worrying about what is to come and that you won't be able to do it rather than living your life now and and, and naturally getting to whatever that stage is and you will be able to do it when you get there yeah definitely yeah yeah and I I did do a lot of I did do a lot of work on myself you know I I um I was training to be a therapist so 
you know, through those years, mm-hmm. I had a lot of therapy myself. And, yes. and one of the big things was, you know, coming to terms with the fact that I will live after 27. And mm-hmm. I thought if I have one goal for this year, when I was, I think it was when I was turning 27, I was like, if there's, if I've got one goal for this year, it's to come to terms with living and come to terms with dying. Like, it's kind of like both of those things. And I, I did. And, you know, by the end, by the end of that year, I did feel like I was ready to, to kind of live the rest of my life. Ooh, it's like making me feel quite emotional. It's like, you know, and I don't, I don't know you that well. And it, it, it's, um, it's amazing to hear you, you say that. And I, you, you, you know, it, you're also reminding me of what happened when I had I had my breakdown four years ago and I think I'd been in that sort of holding space for so long and and trying to do you just you're just making me realize that actually that's what I was doing and I hadn't really appreciated that that I'd just been holding this space all that time and sort of having a career that I didn't really like it was a good career but I didn't really like it and you know I got married and had kids thank god before I was too old for that to happen but I was just in this holding pattern all the time and it's only actually since I had my breakdown four years ago that I feel like I am now living I mean for different reasons I mean you you know you have this this idea of the 27 in in, in, in your head, but it, it it's a similar outcome on the other side of that, getting past that, how do I step to the other side of this wall and, and live? Gosh, yeah, I think that, yeah. So I'm feeling really emotional for you, but I think partly I'm feeling emotional for myself as well. And um, it's quite, I, I'm feeling a real like, um, I kind of just want to cheer, yay for you, you know, I mean, that, <laughs> You, you know, and that must have been a real moment. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't have been a single moment. It must have been a real time for you when you realised that that is what was happening. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, it is strange because I never had, like, I was never scared or I was never worried that I would die when I was 27. Like, I didn't have, like, I didn't really have that many feelings about it. I didn't, it was just a thing that was going to happen and it, it, didn't really it didn't affect me like day to day in terms of like my own yeah like well-being or anything it was yeah a very strange thing but yeah it's it's weird to be here as like a 29 year old like thinking about oh yeah remember when that actually took up a lot of space in my head yeah and it doesn't anymore because it's gone yeah yeah and uh, gosh your poor mum must would never have had any idea of what that sort of one throwaway comment would have sort of you know the effect it would have had and um you know we we never know how things are going to be taken but you know um yeah gosh well she paid for it it's fine she paid for it by listening but but with your worry yes i'm worrying about you worrying about it and yes yes okay um so can i um ask you about your so you um what did you do at university my undergrad yeah um I did music did you music. did music oh okay yeah. Uh, yeah because you are a great musician aren't you and um <laughs> uh so and then you did these these jobs like I suppose you, you did you graduate if you graduated at 21 like um you, you know until you started your master's at 25 what made you do you do you have an idea of what made you feel because the, the, the whole reason I'm doing, doing this podcast is I did a post on Instagram quite a while ago about being in your 20s and and actually 20s is a time when I think a lot of people feel certainly early 20s you know especially if you've you know left full-time education and it's kind of like you're out in the world so there you go off you go we've given you all the skills which they don't you know but you know off into the world um and you know just go and live your life and you know that is that's really tough and it's a tough time to 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 try and work out you know those big life questions who am I what do I want to do what do I stand for you know what are my values all those things and um what I said in this post is that actually 
20s is more a time for what I called, because I got it from a book, it wasn't my original idea, trying on life's uniforms. So, you know, do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? Do I do I actually want to do a job that doesn't, that just allows me to earn money because actually my real passion is doing something else and I need the money to be able to do that. I mean, there are all sorts of things to sort of, you know, work out, I feel, in your 20s. What are your, you know, where are your passions and is it is that something you can earn money from or is it something you need to earn money doing something else and then allowing you to spend the money doing that passion or, or what is it? And um, so obviously those jobs that you had when you left university were giving you that space to think, okay, what do I want to do? And what do you know, do you have a sense of what made you land on art therapy? Um, so I, yeah, I mean, so when I was at uni, obviously I was studying music and in my, I, I always like gigged a lot and I did, you know, I'm a singer songwriter. So I did a lot of that, you know, constantly writing songs, constantly performing. Um, and in my final year at uni, I recorded and released this EP, um, which I was, you know, really, really kind of proud of and really happy with and I was when I then left uni I so I, I went to uni in Leeds and I stayed in Leeds for a little while after finishing for about a year and in that time because I knew so many people and I still gigged loads and I still yeah just like was performing loads and, and networking a bit and stuff and I was kind of at the point where like I could have got bigger like as a musician um I I had like a management deal um and I moved to London um and as soon as I moved to London I kind of was like I'm done like I don't want to do this anymore I didn't know where to perform I didn't know I didn't want to perform I'd like really fallen out of love with performing um I started performing like it kind of was like because I was kind of at the next level yeah. but also in a new city I was playing gigs to like kind of empty rooms because that's kind of what happens whereas before I'd had you know really big gigs um, where I'd played to loads of people because it was a smaller place and I knew yeah. everyone and I'd been there for so long and then I moved to London and I was like I don't like this this is really difficult and I wasn't able to do all the other kind of like administrative things to like get myself to the to really be successful at that at that level yeah uh, and I had this management deal and it didn't really like the way that it worked didn't wasn't really what I was expecting so that kind of felt uh I ended up kind of stopping that after a while um and yeah I just I just fallen out of love with it and I thought this isn't you know, I, I used to have a lot of like anxiety with performing and stuff. And I just felt like it wasn't good for me. Like it wasn't good for my mental health. Um, but obviously I love music and I loved, um, you know, I love working with music and I it's, it's so important to me and it has been so important to me throughout my life. And I knew that I wanted to do something with music, but I didn't want to perform anymore. Okay. It's been like a real journey, I think, with with the performing thing, because when I was at school, I used to perform a lot. But before I applied to uni, I wasn't even going to do music at uni. I I was so I don't know, I had no confidence with it. So I just I didn't want to do it. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe that I could do it. And then I changed my mind and I thought, actually, you know, I will do music at uni, which was obviously the best thing that I could have done. Um, but when I was at school, I had heard of music therapy and I, I had thought about it as a career. Yeah. Um, but then I had this like careers talk at uni about it and I, and they really put me off because they were like, there's no jobs, oh, there's no money in it. Like, you know, it just didn't really seem like a viable career option. So I just forgot about it. And then years later... So that was when I was like 19. And then I think when I was, yeah, about 23, 24, I 
was working in a special needs school in London and I did all the music lessons there because um, the music teacher was like on long term sick mm. at the time. So I covered all the music lessons. So I was working with children with like profound disabilities um, and using music to connect with them and um, yeah, like to support communication and and like well-being and stuff. And I, I loved it. I, I thought it was great. Um, and someone, one of the teachers said to me like, oh, have you considered music therapy as a, <laughs> as something to do? And I suddenly remembered all of, all those years ago when I wanted to do that. And so I applied and I got onto the, uh, the course in Bristol. Um, and yeah, moved, well, I sort of, sort of moved to Bristol, like, uh, it took a few years, but, um, yeah, ended up here anyway. Um, and and yeah and that's that's that really with music therapy um and interestingly i posted on facebook the the at the end of my first day on my masters and one of my friends from school who i hadn't really spoken to in years was like oh wow i'm so glad you're finally like doing your dream and i was like i don't remember this being my dream but it must have been at one Aww. point um so that made me feel really good about the fact that i was doing that and now you know being a music therapist suits me so much and it it really because when I was at uni I did a lot of um, psychology of music modules and I was really interested in psychology of music and and like why we listen to certain music and and why it's so why it has such a great impact on us yeah um and so the music therapy is much more kind of aligned to that side of things um yeah and I I love it I just it's yeah I think it's so it's something that I just feel that I am good at and it's obviously it's really it feels really rewarding to do um and I meet so many amazing people through it as well so and I get to work with music every day I get to like sing and play my guitar every day <laughs> which is which is really nice um but in a way, you know, I'm not, I'm doing it for someone else, which just feels better. Like I didn't like performing because it felt like I was just kind of doing it for myself. I don't know. Yeah, I'm getting, as you're, as you're saying that, I'm getting a sense of, I'm getting a sense of a couple of things. One, it, it's, it, it it's almost goes back to what we were talking about earlier, that, that, that maybe you weren't ready at 19 to consider it as a, a as a career but by the time you got to 25 you were ready and we were talking about that earlier yeah. weren't we about things coming to us when we're ready and um the other thing that that is really you know um I, I'm getting a real sense of your obviously your love of music um and maybe your dis comfort or, or and perhaps your disappointment at, at, at real at finding that you didn't want to perform anymore or you weren't enjoying it or and it was bad for your mental health so you didn't want to carry on doing it but finding a way to bring the bit you love about music into your everyday in a, in a different way and using it to help other people so actually um you, you know you found a way to bring that round round and um uh which just sounds fabulous and when you're talking about it i can you know i i can just hear that it's something that you that you really love which is great i mean you know to do a job that we love is you know fabulous not all not not all of us get that and you know i did a career for years but i never really loved it so um i really think it's fabulous that you you went you know you made that decision you did your masters and you've now got a full-time permanent job doing exactly what you love and I think that's fabulous and that might change in a few years you might want it to change and go down a slightly different avenue but you don't need to worry about that you just just enjoy it for now yeah definitely I definitely feel like it's all worked out and you know to think of all the time that I spent like really not knowing what I wanted to do mm. like I'd I'd worked so hard and spent so much time doing stuff to be sort of like a, a musician you know have a career as a musician and 
And it was really difficult to think, to sort of lay that aside and think, actually, that's not for me and I don't want to do it. Yeah. What else am I going to do? Yeah, I can um, imagine. And, you know, obviously you have... In... Yeah, and, and I had, um, you know, it's also facing, like, other people's disappointment or other people's opinions on it. Like, you know, my my parents are really supportive and, and you know, they both love music. But, you know, my stepdad definitely was was like, oh, well, you're just doing this music therapy thing for now. You'll get back to being a musician again sort of thing. And I did sort of feel like it's not it's not it, that isn't the case. That isn't what I'm doing. You know, I was definitely doing the music therapy thing as a you know long term career. Um, and I think, you know, I know my parents are proud of me and I know that they think that what I'm doing is worthwhile. But there was an element, I think you know, before when I first started doing that and when I sort of abandoned the performing side, because that's what I'd been doing for so many years, they were a bit like, oh, you're not going to get famous and you're not going to, you know, we're not going to have like a famous child and, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, my like my mum always says that she always wanted to be a rock star. So she put all of her like hopes onto me instead. Um, but yeah, she she has said that actually, you know, she thinks that what I'm doing now is is better in that because it makes me happy as well yeah. and it helps other people. So it's yeah. I mean, I'm not you know, I don't have any like hangups about that now. But I think at the at the time when I first really abandoned my um, performing sort of career, they were a bit like, oh, okay. We've just, you know, we've put all this money and stuff into you having lessons or whatever. Um, okay, you're going in a different direction. That's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, so obviously, like, I need all of that for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I do think at those times when you're making big life decisions, it is equally as hard to deal with other people's re reactions, expectations, and, and and what they'd wanted for us as well and you know and you know obviously you know people who love you and want the best for you and um but the only one who really knows is you isn't it and um and like you say all that performing experience and uh all all all, 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 all that you'd learned it has actually brought you to where you are now and actually you have no idea where it's going to take you but that that's all that, that's all in the future isn't it for now it's brought you here um to um to, to your to your great career um I don't want to gloss over some of the things you've said and I just want to ask you um how is your mental health now are you are you good yeah things are much better now I I still have like anxiety and and stuff but um I was um I was diagnosed I went through a process of being diagnosed as autistic earlier this year and that has had a huge impact on my mental health um, because even though I, you know, I obviously have done a lot of like self exploration and analysis, you know, through therapy and everything. Yeah. It's, there is something, it was, it's, it's like autism is a huge, this huge part of me that I didn't know about until this year. And, you know, I was trying to, I guess I was trying to kind of fit myself into being someone who I wasn't and trying to force myself to overcome things that are just things that I can't do or are things that bring me down, like make me feel really anxious, make me feel depressed because I didn't realize that I just work differently, you know, and, and I think, yeah having that diagnosis has made i mean it's it was only a few months ago it was only like july yeah. um yeah. 2020 but yeah like it's just changed my whole world really like it's given me the language to be able to talk about what i find difficult um and it's given me like a real understanding of of a lot of the things like a lot of the things I've struggled with or like a lot of the things that I've done in my life and it's made me understand why that's yeah. happened or yeah. why 
you know, why I found things difficult. Um, and it's also kind of given me like permission to, like I've given myself permission with the diagnosis to be really passionate about things that I love and to to be the person that I am because that is who I am. And like, it it is, it, I really hate that you have, you know, that I've had to go through that and have a diagnosis to be like that, to accept myself. But I just have because, you know, I think the way that I've navigated the world until this, you know, last year or so, um, has been like has not quite worked for me and I just yeah and and that's yeah that's been a huge thing um because yeah even though I've had like me like mental health problems for a long time like I've never really understood the root cause of that um and the root cause was autism so okay. and, and you do you feel that you've that that's right that actually the mental health um issues that you've suffered with um over the years actually you can trace those back to that the roots of those probably come from your autism and and perhaps trying to um for want of a better description fit in in a way that you thought you were expected to but you I think age helps as well and we don't as we get older we don't try to fit in quite so much but also do you feel your diagnosis has given you almost given you given yourself you've given yourself permission now not to worry about the fitting in and to just do you yeah definitely and Yay. I think yeah I think the last couple of years you know before the diagnosis like like you said, I definitely felt like I wasn't trying to fit in as much. And and even when I was a teenager, like I was kind of like, oh, I'm so different. And, you know, not I'd never like tried to fit in. But I there were definitely things where like in friendship groups, like I would act in a certain way that people would think was strange. And it would sometimes that was fine. And sometimes that was just oh you know you're a bit different you're a bit you know a bit weird or whatever but it led to a lot of like friendships like stop like ending breaking yeah. down and I had this kind of real thing of you know I didn't really hold on to friends for that long mm. I'd have like really intense friendships and then they'd just stop like quite dramatically usually from the other person basically telling me I'm too much or whatever yeah um, and I think I always thought that there was something wrong with me. Yeah. But I think it's actually just that, like, the way that I show affection and stuff, like, like doesn't, ne like, other people necessarily, like, aren't necessarily ready for that or, like, yeah. not expecting that. And so I just found it difficult to navigate, like, a lot of those friendships. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I think that's, there's a big thing about, um, you know, women and, and gender non-conforming people who are not diagnosed at a young age because of things like this you know I had friends it's not like I didn't have any friends yeah but yeah. they were quite dysfunctional friendships a lot of the time or they were really good at the start and then became really dysfunctional um had I had a few friends like over the years and relationships as well where like I was kind of taken advantage of like you know the way that I was like because I was quite generous and like would do any you know quite loyal as well so would like would do anything for people yeah. and that was definitely like abused sometimes um and I think that's really you know I felt like I wasn't really protected from that because I was vulnerable being autistic and not knowing about it as well yeah um yeah. so yeah I think yeah that that definitely happened yeah that's that sounds tough actually yeah and I I definitely so I was in my early like late teens early 20s like when I was at uni I was in like a really abusive relationship and that actually was a cup call of like I need to stop people doing this like I I need to not be in this position again um but it actually you know 
having reflected on it a lot since then, it really, it was like the, um, I don't know what the word is. <laughs> uh, it's like all of the friendships that I had were that were dysfunctional um, and problematic um, kind of culminated in this relationship that I had when I was at uni. And I needed to have something that was that bad to make me realize like the boundaries that I needed to set and stuff like that. And, and the way that more functional relationships worked, I think when I was younger, I didn't realize that that's not what like most friendships were. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right that sometime that we, um, unfortunately we learn a lot from the, the bad relationships in our life don't we and you, you you we learn what it is that we I, I think we somehow learn what we want in a relationship by experiencing what we don't want and and that's really tough and it's really tough when you're in it and in the thick of it um and you take it and take it and take it until because you, you just do and you don't see it I think sometimes when you're in it and it's only when you're out of it you can think there is no way I'm doing that again and um if if you manage to do that I mean I I I had a repeating pattern of alcoholic partners at one point, and um, but that alcohol features big in my family background, so that's not a total surprise. But um, you know, eventually, as I keep saying, I'm a bit of a late starter. Eventually, I did realise that pattern, but it took me a long time, um, um, and it's really hard. It is really hard at the time, but it sounds like you use that to 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 the best that you could and actually move forward from that with a with a better of idea of what you do do want in a relationship yeah definitely yeah and I sorry I talked earlier um about perhaps you not fitting in and I'm sorry that is me putting my that that those are my words actually um and I'm 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 projecting my experience at school of not fitting in on 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 to you when I shouldn't have done um because yours was a very different experience so I uh yeah I apologize for using those words um oh I think you know I think I have definitely felt like I haven't fit in yeah but I've always tried like I felt like I have yeah I've definitely felt like I haven't fit in but I have had a very up and down relationship with whether I try to fit or not fit yes. in or not Yes, which is very different to my experience. So I, um, I, I was listening to you and thinking, yeah, that is not what you said, and that is my feeling. So I just wanted to sort of um, point that out. I just, I just feel like we're talking to you now at a, a really fabulous time in your life, really, um, and that your diagnosis has been a really positive thing for you by the sounds of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I've really, you know, I've, I've told a lot of people now about it, like most of my friends know, my family and people at work as well know. Um, yeah. I haven't told any clients, um, but yeah, all my colleagues at work know. Um, and actually I'm doing a lot to try and learn more from the autistic community yeah. and yeah. to really kind of put, like to really I guess educate and advocate for people um, mm. in my job because I, you know, obviously I work in a, an area where we do work with a lot of autistic people, a lot of people who are disabled, um, and you know, it's important. It's always important to learn from the people that you're working with, like how they want to be treated and and what's important to them. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's. I do feel like the position I'm in, I'm, I'm in quite a privileged position in that I can communicate verbally, you know, I can, I can talk about these things and I can learn from other people. And so I'm really trying to, to do that in my current job um, with my colleagues, you know, and, and, and I do get into conversations with people about um, different things. There was um, recently, I, I don't know if you, if you saw any of this, but recently there was um this thing that came out with um Sia who's you know the musician I, I did I did I, yes I did see that yeah yeah so she has basically directed and produced a well or written and directed um 
a film about a teenage girl with autism who is uh she communicates through like a an augmented communication device um and the the person who plays the character the main character is Maddie Ziegler who is in Sia's music videos and has been for a long time who is not autistic who is not disabled um and there's obviously been a big um you know people have been very upset by that um and there's a lot of you know it's it's a very complex issue but um yeah it I mean you know having like a non disabled actor play a disabled person is is like I guess it it happens all the time but it shouldn't and you know we're constantly learning and yet people are still doing it and even every time there's a like an you know obviously talking about autism but every time there's an autistic character played by a neurotypical actor people have issues with it and yet no one seems to be learning from this and no one seems to be reaching out and really trying to understand you know what it is that would will make good representation um and it's you know been written by someone who also is not autistic and you know that in itself is bad um i watched the trailer before i'd heard any of the like con- like controversy around it and I felt really uncomfortable at the way that the character was portrayed. And, and I, yeah, I was like, this isn't, this isn't okay. I don't like this. Um, but then what made it worse was that Sia then kind of like hit out against people that were criticizing her. Um, and it just made it all a lot worse because she wasn't like, um, you know, she didn't apologize for it at all. She didn't, she just made up a lot of excuses and, and made a lot of things worse really yeah. um so yeah like when that happened I wrote like a long thing about it and I posted it in our group thing at work like our messaging system thing um and I told everyone you know I was diagnosed as autistic um a few months ago and and this has happened this weekend and it felt really important to start by talking about it mm-hmm. and um yeah i i want to be an advocate i you know i want to be able to to amplify the thoughts and feelings of people who can't maybe advocate for themselves all the time yeah. um and yeah i think it was really difficult. It was like a really draining weekend when that happened. But, you know, for me, at least, like it's had quite a positive impact on my, like what I want to do at work in terms of like talking about it with my colleagues. And I think if, if all of my colleagues can like learn one thing about autism from from that, then that's great. And they'll take that into their work and it will make things better for some people so well I I just think it's fabulous I think it's it's real courage to to use that um experience to to let people who you work with know more about you personally and to let you you know I mean it was still quite a new diagnosis for you I mean and it must be tough having that I mean I'm, I'm sure it's never easy that diagnosis but you know you're quite old to be getting that diagnosis so you've you know you've lived with that for you you know I do think that it would seem to be, you know, quite a um, a thing to be going through at 29. And you've taken that experience. And to be honest, I saw some of the posts that you put on Instagram that weekend that you were talking about. And I, you really made me more aware of, A, you made me aware of what was going on. And you made me aware of... um, how it could have been done very differently and perhaps I don't, I don't like using the word should so it could have been done very differently and I think it would have been good if it had been done very differently I mean what I'm trying to say is I think it should have been done differently but trying not to use the word should because we can't go around telling people what to do but also I mean the fact that she didn't hold her hands up and go okay I, 
I, I totally hear what you say. I didn't. I'm. I'm really sorry for all the, you know, all, all the hurt I've caused. And actually, you know, it will make me think again. And you know, that would have been a, a better outcome, wouldn't it, than what the shambles that did happen. And so you, you know, you've raised my aware and aware aware awareness is the word I'm looking for. And also, just by sharing it today, you will have, uh, you know, the people who listen who listen to this will be you will have raised awareness there as well. So, um, you know, and um, I'm sure you will carry on doing that. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I think you're brilliant. I really do. So, um, you know, um, thank you for coming on and sharing that story. And, um, you know, what a twenties you've had. So, so what's going to, so what, what, what do you think, you know, so you've got a few months now, four months until you're 30 and um, who knows whether you'll be a, even if you wanted one, whether you'll be allowed to have a party, who knows where we will be come April, but hopefully we will be as a country in a better place than we are now. Um, moving, hopefully moving out of this terrible situation that we're in. Um, so what, 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 are the, what are the hopes and dreams for, for, for what's to come? Um so i recently got married um, yeah. just uh, in september in in a very small window where weddings were allowed to happen yeah congratulations very, again <laughs> thank you very small affair but um very lovely um and yeah so i think the 30s is gonna hopefully bring um a new generation uh yeah. into the family um and my my brother's wife well my brother and his wife are expecting um next year as well so right. it's really nice um and yeah so hopefully i think that's going to be my next yeah next thing next, to focus on next thing but you know to be honest you've had such such a big time in your 20s but it i suppose actually just carrying on where you are now would be really great wouldn't it you've got a great career you know, your, 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 your personal life is settling down and actually, you know, it's, it's looking, from, from, from what I'm seeing, it, it, uh, and I hope it is, it's looking, it's looking pretty good. Yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, yeah all, the, all that personal life stuff, career definitely continue. Um, and like creative projects as well. I've been trying to do, you know, I always have, I'm one of these people that has ideas all the time and I never like do the stuff or like finish the stuff. So um, I, I did, I, I, um, I competed. That's not the right word. I participated in um, National Novel Writing Month um, in 2020, which is writing a 50,000 word novel in November. Um, and I completed that. So I've got like, nearly a first draft yay well done you I, I completely I, I did know about this and I was almost forgetting to mention it I mean how amazing that's right and just give us I mean this is I think this is fabulous can you just give us do you mind if I ask you can you just tell us a little bit because I know what it's about just tell us a little bit of what it's about because it's fantastic yeah so um it is it's called Knighted um, and it is like a fictionalized retelling of my some of my family history. Um, my granddad was born in Germany and he was Jewish and he had to be evacuated during the Second World War. So he moved to the UK then. Um, and then he ended up changing his name um, so that he could because he joined the British Army. So he chose the name Knight. Um, and then obviously he and my grandma got married and had their children. So my mum was born with the surname Knight. And then my mum got married and changed her name. And I was born with my dad's name. But then I changed my name to Knight when I was 18 um, because I don't have any contact with my dad. And, you know, the, the history of the name is, is really interesting. Um, so I wanted to do that. And then obviously I just got married and my wife took my name. Yeah. 
as well and then obviously we're hoping to have kids so yeah the name's going to continue so the knights will continue i mean it, it, it's such a great surname i can understand you uh wanting <laughs> to 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 keep that and also i mean when i say it's fabulous i mean it's fabulous that you've written it and it's fabulous that you are keeping the memory and the story alive i mean it's not necessarily so fabulous because of the situation that you're writing about but you know he did leave luckily and, and 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 got out but it's just what a great um what what a great family history to use as bits in your in your novel i just think it's fab and you've done it i mean i'm trying to write a book and i know it's really tough to find the time to just sit down and do it and you've done that and you tell me you're not great with routine and you blooming well did it I am I am really 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 impressed um because I know how hard that is so you're a you know singer songwriter you're a you're a author you you're an art therapist you've got it all going on haven't you I um I, I just think it's fabulous and I um I I, I you know I feel like there's big things to come from you. So um, we'll, we'll remember this conversation. Yeah. Well, obviously I'll remember this conversation anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, I also, I also want to start a podcast. I've had a couple of ideas. So I think I'm going to try 2021 is going to be the year. Yeah, do it. The podcast <laughs> as well. So yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll do that. Good luck with that. Yeah, I, I I thoroughly recommend it, obviously. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, so that's brilliant. You've got loads of ideas and projects and things that may, that, that that may come off. And you know, um, you strike me as a sort. Yeah, like you say, you've always got ideas. Um, so that that yeah, seeing yeah. them through. <laughs> Well, you know, you, you, you can't see all, see them all through. And if you don't have the ideas in the first place, then you're definitely not going to be seeing any of them through. So uh, that's obviously what I tell myself. So um, I think it works <laughs> equally well for you. <laughs> well, my, uh, my, I saw my brother a few days ago and uh, we don't really get on, but um, he actually said something really interesting because he's the same. He has all these ideas. You know, he starts projects and he never really finishes them. And he said... I've, that he's just started to like embrace that and just just go with it um and like the projects that you really want to finish you'll finish and then yeah. if you start stuff and don't finish it like it's okay it's okay to like know that that's who you are or like how you work yeah. and especially when it's things like you know writing a novel or like you know it's it's like personal creative projects it doesn't really matter no. like you know the 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 fun is doing it and if you don't finish it it's you know you don't need to like feel really bad about that or like have it as like a negative thing about yourself no absolutely and i i, I well i completely agree but then i suppose i would do because i'm the same <laughs> but um uh but also i think until you get into something you, you, i mean you can have all the ideas but you've got you you need to get into them sometimes to work out quite whether they're grabbing you the way that they they you think they're going to and also it might just be that it now is not the right time and you start yeah. something I mean I have tried to write my book five times I knew I had three drafts <laughs> and when I came to look at them I actually had I definitely had four I might even have, have had five in various guises it's some of it's been a novel some of it's been a memoir some of it's been self-help it's been all but it's all been roughly about the same thing and um, you know I've tried loads of times and it's not happened but it is definitely going to happen this time um that's my project for the beginning of 2021. Um, that and my next crazy idea is making candles. So that oh. was the idea I had the other day. I'm going to have a go at making candles. So, I, I you know, I, I just think, and who knows where that might go. I might just make myself a couple of dodgy candles and never bother again. But you never know. It's definitely worth doing these things. I, I got really into lino printing in the last couple of years and yeah. I did quite a lot of that. And it's nice to just make time to do things that are creative and, and switch off from work and switch off from from uh, all the craziness going on in the world. Uh, absolutely. And I think um, I was listening to um, a podcast the other day and the lady was talking about creativity. And it's almost like the the minute you you mention creativity to some, to, to some people, they sort of switch off and go, oh, I'm not creative. So that doesn't apply to me. And we've sort of not we as in you and I personally but generally I think creativity has be become like this 
you know, unless you're really good at it, you, you, you almost can't do it. Whereas actually she was saying, well, why don't we think about it as play instead? Mm-hmm. So actually, you know, have a play. You know, as kids, we play and we learn through play. So actually, you know, don't don't build something up into your head into something so big that you feel like you can't, you, you know, carry it on. It's just, I'm just having a bit of a play with this. So I'm going to have a bit of a play and make some candles and see see how it all comes out, you know. And um, I do think we all need a little bit of an outlet. Um, um, uh, it, it really does help, like you say, take us sort of somewhere different in, in away from the craziness of, work and yeah. life and just letting us absorb ourselves into something and who knows what we'll end up with at the end of it yeah and I think also when you start being creative and start doing creative things like you get so many more ideas and you yeah. get to be more creative like I already have another book idea which I haven't even finished the first one properly and I've already got another one that I'm like I'm gonna write this next <laughs> um and it just yeah once you start it unlocks those yeah. those ideas and 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 the yeah I guess the creativity it, it just makes it even better you know? I, I absolutely think you, you, you're you right and it's almost like by by allowing yourself to be creative or, or do do one project it's sort of like it's almost like takes that level out and it lets something else come to the top isn't it you know that's the way I think of it I don't know why I suppose I'm, I've got quite a logical brain so it allows me to think right okay so let's take that top layer off and something else can come up and something else can come up um yeah, well, uh, Claire, you've, you've been fabulous. Thank you so much. I've so enjoyed having this conversation with you and um, getting to know you um, a bit better. It's been lovely. Um, I think, as you know, I've, I'm ask, I've asked everybody um, whether they have like a little motto or a saying or a quote or a phrase or something that either they use themselves or maybe other people say to them that they think might be um, useful. And I wonder, do, do you have one? Um, I, well, one thing I say to myself a lot is remember that life isn't like it is on TV. Yay. I'm very fixated with, well, if this happened, you know, I I have this one TV show, Dawson's Creek, that I love. I watch time and time again. And I think, well, this happened to those people. So that's what's going to happen to me. And I have to remember that, like, it is fiction and I'm not the same person as those characters. Yeah, I think it's the autism. I think that has is at play there as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I often, I often remind myself, like, remember, like, you're living your own life, and it's not your path is not the same as what you've seen. Yeah, and um, you're just watching that because that's a storyline that you're enjoying or whatever, and it, it, it's good escapism. But was it remember that life isn't like it is on TV? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I have that. And then generally I don't have, like, sayings or things that I kind of um, – I haven't really found many that, that have spoken to me that much, but I I often find a lot of answers and solutions to problems in songs, so, like, in lyrics. Yeah. That, like, cycles through loads of different songs all the time, so yeah. I don't really have – ones well there is one that i come back to a lot which might sound a bit strange but i'll say it and then i'll maybe go into it a bit um is don't fall in love with the moment and think you're in love with the girl which is a lyric by the 1975 and i just feel like you know it's quite easy to be in a situation where like things are really like great at that time and you think that that has wider relevance, you know, that because something, because you're having a really good night maybe and, you know, things have been really, really great, it doesn't mean that the people that are with you are like, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to always be like that with them. It's This is just this moment where all these people here and the great time that we're having and it's a great, it's just all come together to make this really great moment. Is that what you mean? And yeah, and I think because I do get quite fixated on like rules and like things being like meant to be and stuff. um, And, you know, it happens with like romantic relationships, but also just generally, I think, well, all of if all these things have lined up in a certain way, then it means that I have to follow through with 
this, like whatever it is, situation, you know, job or or a relationship or anything. And actually, I have to remind myself that just because then it might have like a link to something that I already know. So sometimes it's like numbers and things. Like if I meet someone on like a certain day or if something happens on a certain day, like a de- you know a date with a certain number, then I'll be like, yeah, well, this is meant to be and I have to do this. Whereas yeah. actually like that is, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's all lined up yep. for that. And it's good to just enjoy the moment you know it's good to spot these things but you know it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't change your mind afterwards um or yeah go down a different path if it doesn't feel right anymore and that's absolutely true you're absolutely right if it doesn't feel right it's good it, it is okay to go down a different path and actually that's that's right on brand for what i've been trying to talk about in this podcast and um i um I think that's a great place to end. Thank you. That was that. That's fabulous. You've been an absolute joy. Thank you. And I can't wait. I hope we're going to see your book soon, sometime soon. <laughs> well, knighted. My, yeah, knighted. My wife thinks that it's going to be her ticket to early retirement, but um, I'm not sure if that's... Well, really I, so I, yeah, obviously I'm trying to write a book as well. And everything I read and hear is that you're not, you, you don't get rich off writing a book. So, um, but who... Who knows what else might come from it? So, um, you know, you've written it because it's a family story. um, And that's a really great reason to write it and see what comes next, isn't it? Yeah. You take care. I think, you know, the the decade from 2020 to 20 or 2021 to 2030 is going to be amazing for you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Meeting of Minds podcast. You can find this podcast in all the usual places. Please tell your friends, please subscribe. And if you have a moment, I'd be really grateful if you could rate and review as it helps other people find us and helps me spread the messages of empowerment and positivity that I'm really passionate about. If you want to find out more about me, you can visit my website at www.safeandsupported.co.uk. Until next time, bye.